This is a trigger warning to notify you that this episode discusses sexual crimes. I'd also like to disclose that where the advice in this podcast is not given by legal and mental health professionals that I'm inviting on, it is given based solely on mine and my interviewees' knowledge and experience of these areas. This advice intends to be no more than mere suggestions and information concerning the topic being discussed and is not conclusive instructions that you must follow to achieve the purpose of why you are listening. Hi everyone and welcome to this Saturday's episode. I hope you're all having a lovely day. Today's episode is going to be a bit awkward, maybe even a bit cringy to listen to, but it's really important that you listen. If you follow the Instagram page for this podcast, you'll have seen my story that I'm going to talk about consent of the next few episodes. I'm Today I'm going to cover mainly how you can ask for consent and why consent is so important. I don't care if you're asking for consent from your other half that you're married to or who you've been with for ages, your one night stand, your friend with benefits, whoever. There's no judgment from me or my platform. All I'm bothered about is that you understand what consent is and why it's so important. And you might be thinking, how the hell can I ask someone I want to have sex with if they consent without killing the vibe? But you'll be surprised at the ways you can. And if you're someone who's just thinking that asking for consent or checking somehow that the other person consents is gross and weird, then this episode is exactly what you need to hear because just a little bit of education and discussion will show you why it's actually the complete opposite of those things. So let's get into it. So how are you going to ask for consent? Well, let's get the worst one out of the way first. Just ask. Hear me out. What I can say on behalf of other people, especially young people who don't have much responsibility with relationships or you just enjoy having like friends with benefits and stuff like that, is that when you fancy someone or you're like, in the mood, it can be really difficult to switch off your urges for a second. And I think more so it can be embarrassing if you think that the other person might cringe at you for asking. Two points to just make there. One, they're not going to cringe at you for asking. And if they are, they're probably not worth having sex with anyway. And two, just because you can't switch off your urges is not an excuse to have sex with someone without their consent. What I'm saying here is that it can be difficult, but there's other ways to go about it if it's not, you know, like easy enough for you, whatever, to just ask someone straight up while you're in the mood. So if it's not already given that that person wants to have sex with you or do whatever with you, you will be given so much more respect for double checking than if you don't because you've shown an awareness of the fact that they need to consent for you to do something. And I'm not talking about you getting respect to suffice your self-credibility or your ego or anything like that. Asking for consent is a selfless requirement of sex and it's more about looking out for the other person. 
and asking if anything is going to be attractive, especially if that other person is wanting to be more serious with you further down the line, because again, it shows that you are aware of the need for them to consent and you respect them. And what that does is helps that person to trust you in the sense that they know that you're acting within their intentions as well as yours. And you're not just dismissing what they want just because you're horny. And ultimately, that person's probably going to be more willing and more comfortable to have sex with you. This second point is more about understanding whether the other person has consented rather than directly asking them. But it's essentially initiating conversation where you can find out what the other person intends to happen between you. I know that just asking straight up can feel awkward, especially if you're not really close to the person you want to have sex with. Whereas if you're both familiar with each other, let's say you've already been seeing each other or you're already friends, comfortable opening up and stuff like that, it's probably easier. So I think flirting or something to indirectly give them signals and have them reciprocate them signals is probably a bit more comfortable for those who are perhaps just having sex for the fun of it or who are having sex with someone they're not yet really familiar with, like if they've just started dating or whatever. So asking them if like they want to get into bed with you or asking them like what would you say right now if I said I wanted to have sex with you or something like that. Now if you're going to make flirty conversation and imply that you want to have sex before you make any suggestive moves or anything I'd suggest just reading the room and ensuring that your advances are based on impressions that you're getting. Now, I understand that the other person might be sitting back and not saying anything and therefore might not be giving you any impression at all. So you want to initiate some sort of conversation that accommodates for that other person to imply their intentions and is suitable in the context. So firstly, perhaps look at things like body language, eye contact, things like that, physical cues. Now, obviously, as I say each time, I'm not an expert really in anything that I'm discussing. So this is going based off of what I understand and what I know many others understand. But if the other person's like leaning away from you or being distant, there's nothing really that's sticking out like a sore thumb to suggest that, you know, like they want to be close to you then they're probably not into anything. Otherwise, if there's nothing definitively suggesting that that person is not attracted to you or anything, then there's no harm in flirting and stuff like that, so long as you're not pressuring that other person into anything. By asking them and making suggestions without definitively saying, this is going to happen and it's going to happen right now, you're giving the other person a chance to respond. They might say they're into it or they might make a move on you and that suggests they're happy with what you've suggested, you know, they consent. If they're hesitant or they say, I'm not sure, please take that as a no for the time being. They're either saying that because they're politely telling you no or they're genuinely not sure if they're ready and neither of these 
is that person saying yes. Now, what about when you're having sex or you just start getting to that point and the other person decides they don't want to anymore? The short answer is stop whatever you're doing. It should be very clear if the other person is uncertain or backtracking on what they decided and they now don't want to go ahead with what they agreed to originally. If you're unsure what reaction you're getting, just ask, like, are you all right? Do you still want to do this? Because if you can sense that something's wrong, but they've not said that there is, it may very well be that they're embarrassed or scared to say they don't want to have sex anymore, knowing that your intentions are to have sex. Because let's face it, there's a lot of people who are really into sex. It's more than just the physical sex for them. And if you were the person who decided you were uncomfortable and actually you didn't want to carry on and that other person is really worked up, it can be a really uncomfortable feeling knowing that someone was intrigued and then, you know, you didn't want to fulfil that intrigue anymore. You just don't know how they're going to react. And unfortunately, the amount of rapists and sexual assault perpetrators that there are just goes to show how many people, when they're horny or whatever, do not take no for an answer. So, Going back to if you're the one who's got the other's consent, if you sense discomfort on their part, just by asking them, are you all right? Do you still want to do this? You're openly showing them that you're giving them the option to say that they're not okay with it. And it gives that additional sense of trust, if you will. I think all in all, a lot of us understand the importance of consent and it shouldn't be treated like a Q&A situation. You know, it's not a quiz. Treat it as part of your like, I don't want to say like sex routine, but I don't know what you'd call it. Um, Let's just say you're going around someone's house for the first time and you want to have sex rather than having it in the very back of your mind, like, oh, it'll be fine. And if not, I'll cross that bridge when it comes to it. Think of it instead as like, part of the process I guess when you're flirting you know if you've already been texting and having a flirt then keep that up in your conversation and make suggestions like I said before about asking what they're into or whether they'd be up for something to show your intentions without forcing them upon that other person and just double checking that they definitely want to do something because they might very well invite you over and not intend to, you know, sleep with you for the first time or something, but you might have taken the signals differently. So there's just no harm in, you know, checking. On the other hand, you might be listening thinking, yeah, I know this, but the statistics about how many rapists and sexual assault perpetrators there are just goes to show how many people are either uneducated or are educated about this and still ignore it and I think it's especially important where we have so many young people who are on social media all the time that we have resources you know like a podcast or like a platform on Instagram that 
can raise awareness and educate people about these sorts of things because that's what younger people use most you know you're not going to go and you know go onto a justice website or you're not going to sit there reading a statue about what consent means it's just not realistic but it doesn't matter whether you're old or young there's absolutely no excuse there's no justifiable reason for you having sex with someone and not getting their consent you know if you were doing a maths question at school and you didn't know the answer you'd go google it or you'd look in the book and find the answer it's the same sort of thing if you don't know whether someone's consenting get the answer it's honestly not as difficult as you think and please don't be ignorant and turn a blind eye to how important it is for you to get someone's consent or to know that they're happy with what's going to happen. Rape and sexual assault are very serious crimes. Like rape holds up to a life term. You can spend the rest of your life in prison for a rape. So I'm hoping that with this podcast and my platform that you're gonna ensure that you're aware and educated about this stuff even if you're just one percent more aware or more educated that's fine with me but in next week's episode I will be having a more legally focused discussion about how consent has come to be this very confusing issue in the law Um, I'll bring in some cases that I'll talk about which are actually going to be really interesting to hear because that's going to give you some insight into how the courts assess whether someone's consented in a potential rape or sexual assault case. And that's a really important thing to know about because if you were to ever be in that position and go through court, you want to know the sorts of things that will be assessed and consent is a very subjective thing it really depends on the circumstances and that's quite difficult because obviously the judges who are judging the case they weren't there they can only go up based off the circumstances and what's been said or obviously any evidence if that's included But more often than not, rape is quite a sudden act. And, you know, there might be DNA evidence and things like that. But a lot of people feel like they're ashamed to tell someone initially. And there's quite a tight time restriction on when DNA evidence can be taken. So often when people are ready to then, you know, go seek justice, that sort of evidence can't be used anymore. So it will be interesting to hear about how, you know, the courts do look at these cases. And it's something that a lot of people should be aware of, especially if you're someone who has been through court before or who is going through or may go through court in the future. As I always say, if there's anything that you want to speak to me about, you can message me on my Instagram page at Justice with Tori. Or you can email me on inquiries at justicewithtory.com. If you're suffering with any of the issues that I've brought up in today's episode, please do contact me. Do not suffer in silence. Or if you want to contact someone else and you're not sure who to contact, then I 
can give you a bit of direction. Just remember that, unfortunately, this is a very common issue and you're not alone. You're not suffering alone. So why not use that to your advantage and find people who understand you so that you can, you know, get through it together. So I hope this has helped you and have a lovely weekend.